0: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast.
2: We're coming to 8th time. Let's get to work here, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Monday to all of you. Good to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. The air is still fresher today. The food tastes better. Drinks, yeah. Drinks are stronger. It's great.
3: I saw, I saw multiple Texans fans talking about how nice it was to just kind of have, have random conversations with strangers about the Texans out of nowhere and uh, that there's just a different vibe than there has been. Really, probably what since the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I mean, things had been, things under Bill O'Brien had gotten to a weird spot, but the DeAndre Hopkins trade was when really everything just, fell apart completely. Yes.
2: Yeah. There were bricks falling out of the wall before yeah. that, you know, like the, the okay. They're, they Boy, they sure did kind of gut their draft for Laramie Tunsil and wow, blowing a lead in the playoffs. That's not fun, but Hey, four is our quarterback and uh, we're just going to push forward. But yeah, the Deandre Hopkins trade was when that was the big brick that fell out. Like, wow, this wall's falling down very, very quickly.
3: Hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, so we're in that honeymoon phase right now. And I was thinking about it this weekend, like, we're in that honeymoon phase where there really are no unpopular decisions to be made. So at some point, D'Amico, alongside Nick, is going to have to make an unpopular decision or perhaps a controversial decision. And at that point, then we'll see how committed people are to just, like, you know, stay in the course and, and who's, who's with us and who's against us. But I also feel, you know, if you wait if D'Amico waits too long to make an unpopular decision, we're gonna start criticizing him for being unwilling to make an unpopular decision. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, that's right. We're, yeah, we're that's all, when reality sinks we're in. Gonna get we're gonna we get itchy. agitated
3: because he hasn't done anything unpopular yes, yet. Yes,
2: yes, yes. So they they had D'Amico kind of making the rounds this weekend. He was on he was on Good Morning Football on Friday, I believe. Yeah. Um he um they they had him uh talking to at least one season ticket holder on the phone. Yeah. He's uh, on
3: Rich. He was he was with Rich Eisen for a little while too. Okay, yeah. so they had to make. But he had like three questions with Rich Eisen. I don't know what Eisen's deal is. Felt like D'Amico was only worth three questions or something. Was
2: it only three questions because the answers were long, or did he just kind of get him in and out of there quickly? It
3: seemed like maybe they only had like five minutes for an okay. interview. Okay. it's probably either they That'll they got change. there late or something happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll get... try not to. I don't know. Eisen had, Eisen takes about ninety seconds to ask a question too. Yeah. So that's, yeah you one of these guys that likes to pontificate before he asks a question.
2: He's an innings eater, no doubt. Um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, so he
3: was. Uh, so uh, this is uh, you know it reminds me of back when we started the network, and um,
2: that's true. He does to do that. My boring
3: producer for a while. Yep. Okay, yep. D'Amico. yep
2: He does do that. So he, so D'Amico's making the rounds on Friday, national media. He, I saw him doing the thing where they had him talk to at least one season ticket holder. I think it's cool that they do that. The video is cool. I hope they don't have him spending too much time selling season tickets because I need him to construct a football team. Um, yeah. That yeah. would be good.
3: Yeah, that's – that's uh, the, you know, usually the head coach has to figure that out, to find that balance between placating the ticket office and those the business folks. With, and usually the business folks in NFL front offices are very, very, very respectful because they're kind of scared of coaches. So I, with D'Amico, you know, there comes that moment where D'Amico has to be kind of firm, but, uh, you, you know, tell guys, okay, I have my limits, and um, it's, it's time to work on football. But usually that's usually that's pretty cool. Every now and then a football coach has to tell somebody, uh, like, really put them in their place. Yeah. And, uh, and tell them, like, yeah, look, wins, wins are what sell tickets around here. He's going to need to
2: learn to say no you got to learn to say no to well, some I, things.
3: I think he knows. like To me, that's, this is the thing, Sean. I have a theory. Yeah. I think that a lot of the response nationally from these people that somehow felt like they had to be the protectors of D'Amico Ryan's yeah. comes from them mistaking kindness for weakness. And so you'd get these people like Keyshawn Johnson that acted like D'Amico is forced to take this job with the evil, dastardly Texans. And you're like, what what kind of patronizing BS is this? Like, D'Amico's a full-grown man. I implore you, go watch some of his highlight film. This is the problem. Every time that somebody thinks, oh, wow, D'Amico's such a nice guy, he must be getting taken advantage of. Go watch some of his highlight film. Go watch what he did to Luke Shockey. Jeremy Shockey, when uh, Shockey tried to t- concoct some weird story before a Panthers game, uh, and, uh, and and tried to tried to get all pissy about it, and D- D'Amico basically gave Shockey CTE. Uh, so go ahead and watch that, and then yep. ask. Then I ask you if you're going to mistake his kindnesses for weaknesses.
2: There were uh, there were two pretty cool videos. Yeah, how was Luke Shockey. Yeah, I don't know, it, but, and yet and yet Luke, I, I feel like there is a. I, I'm I'm gonna spend the next break trying to figure out who you were thinking of because I, I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. Um yeah. the two cool videos that surfaced of D'Amico that I saw this weekend, the season ticket holder thing is cool. I just don't need him sitting there selling tickets all day. I'm sure it was just one that he did. Um he showed up at Papa Doe's across from the stadium down there on 6'10, and there were a bunch of there were a bunch of Texan fans there. Our guy Larian Stafford was there, gapping up D'Amico. That was pretty cool. Um yep. The one where he went over to Janice McNair's house was uh, pretty touching, um, where she was like on the verge of tears about him taking the job as head coach. That was a cool video.
3: I haven't watched that yet because I thought we were gonna. I figured you'd play audio of it at some point today, so I was gonna react to it fresh. Okay, and
2: and it just dawned on me. I've not not sent that audio to Ben yet, so I will. uh, So I will do that. It's yeah, it's really really good. Um, So yeah, so look, people still riding that high of D'Amico. Now, Damian Pierce. Was at the TriStar show this weekend. There's a big TriStar show, and Damian Pierce was there, and he was asked about his new head coach, D'Amico Ryan's.
4: Great coach, great hire. Come from a winning background, and um, you know, with the team that in the sense he had with the 49ers, you know, he brings a you know another element that we needed in uh, Houston. You uh, know, a breath of fresh air. Somebody who's been there before, who knows the lay of the land, the guys who connect with the players. You know, Miss, Miss, um, Mr. Nick loves them, so uh, you know that's a that's a big testament if uh, if, if Nick vouched for you. You know, that's somebody I want on my team too.
2: Mr. Nick loves him. Here's one more on, uh, Nick Casario from Damian Pierce.
4: Anytime you get Nick smiling, you know, that's a good sign. You know, Nick is a guy who don't show me any teeth and uh, he was showing all 32 when the, in the interview I saw. So that's a good sign. You uh, know, I'm going to take that and run with it.
3: <laughs> <I> lo- <laughs> he makes Nick out to
2: be Belichick or something
3: <laughs> he makes he makes everything he's uh he's got such a colorful way of saying things yes and uh, not to mention knowing that the human the that adults have 32 teeth I don't know I didn't have a clue I knew it had somewhere between 20 and 40 I figured uh so yeah him uh like kids, that's a lesson in humor. Specificity matters. So like saying all your showing all your teeth is one thing, but showing all thirty two is what made that funny. Yep. And um so that's what that's why Damian Pierce is so lovable. That and again, kinda like D'Amico Ryan's and that you know what, Sean? That's why it just dawned on me. That's why those two are gonna love each other. They're both guys whose personalities off the field couldn't be more different than their personalities on the field. Yeah. Like you watch both of those guys have a moment on the field where they can go psychotic they flip a in switch. a good way. Yeah. Where off the field you'd never guess it. You're like, mm-hmm. well, gosh, this guy will be too busy. Like uh, he's like Ferdinand the Bull off picking daisies, probably in a pasture <laughs> or something. Like, no, no, he's Ferdinand the Bull with uh, uh, with caffeine withdrawal. He's a he's a freaking menace. Yeah? Yep,
2: yep. So that was good. That was good to see. Uh, he's, he's, you know what he is. What's that? He's the Cocaine Bear. <laughs> he, is? he is. <laughs> hey, whatever happened with that? What was that was supposed it's coming to- out? See. It is okay.
3: Yeah, they played the trailer of it during uh, one of the playoff games the other day. Did they really? Yeah. Okay. True story of a bear that got into a stash of cocaine. In is Tennessee. it a? Is
2: it coming to theaters or is it going to be on one of the streaming services? Do you know?
3: Uh, it looked like it was coming to theaters. Okay. It looked like a like a full blown movie. Release. Oh, good.
2: Okay. So that means I can go out and drink a bottle of wine in a big theater and watch Cocaine Bear. Good excellent
3: somebody said that like i can't remember what was, movie it said before you know some movie went out and got drunk before they watched this like bachelor party they went they got drunk going out to bachelor party then before pineapple express they they smoked a bunch of weed oh and okay and okay so so before cocaine bear oh yeah you I'm know snort a few lines it's, yeah yeah <laughs> <And> head to <laughs> the theater don't do that sean. <laughs> <laughs> well you know i gotta get in the moment i
2: gotta know how the bear feels
3: sean you're so you're such a boomer that's God. such a boomer thing to is do. it is it it's just all is, about i don't know know what it's about these days yeah kids uh, what are the hot drugs these days video games text in yeah Seven one three 572 4610 be sure you use your actual number Let don't us worry know. we're cool right. We're cool boomers right. we're not going to do anything with that's it that's right uh certainly all right. They're not going to forward it to our friends at the DEA that's right
2: <laughs> we're off and running on a uh, <laughs> on a Monday here Payne and pendergast sports radio 610 um so yeah we're still still buzzing from the D'Amico Ryans hire last week we'll get back to that at the bottom of the hour it is Super Bowl week uh Eagles and Chiefs coming up on Sunday Early Super Bowl storylines. Let's start to get ready for this game on Sunday, a game that you hear right here on Sports Radio 610. We'll do that next.
5: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: There's joy
1: in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
2: All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Super Bowl 57 coming up on Sunday. You'll hear it here on Sports Radio 610. The line has settled in at Eagles minus one and a half, over under 49 and a half. Um, and yet I see most of the experts taking the Chiefs, so this will be. Uh, this will be an interesting one here. The I,
3: I, why did uh, why did it move around so much early on? Because wasn't it started off Eagles, then went to Chiefs, and now back to Eagles? It
2: started Chiefs and kind of hovered around Pickham and then settled in. It was the highest it got was Chiefs minus two and a half and Eagles minus two and a half. And it's I don't know why. I'll be honest with you, Seth. I don't know why it has settled in with the Eagles as the favorite. I mean, they're a good football team, obviously, but usually the quarterbacks kind of drive this thing. And maybe there's still some concern over Mahomes ankle um oh yeah, you know, yeah. that's that that yeah. might be because it. because it, the Eagles the Eagles this is why I like the Eagles in the game is that the uh, the offensive line and defensive line I think they get the green check mark on both of those their, their offensive line versus the Chiefs defensive line the Chiefs defensive line was the reason they won that game against the Bengals this is a huge step up in weight class offensive line wise for the Chiefs I don't think they're going to be able to get it Jalen Hurts like they did Joe Burrow in that game and I think The flip side, the Chiefs do have a good offensive line. The Eagles have a really good defensive line. And if Mahomes is hobbled at all, the Eagles are going to get to him a few times and get off the field in this game. So my initial, I reserve the right to change it before Friday, but my initial gut is Eagles on this one because of the line play. So maybe that's why they're favored. That's who knows, but they're favored by uh... uh, one and a half. It's it's weird. It's
3: just, uh, There's something about the Pro Bowl that is something that I never actually watched. But now that it's a flag football game, it feels like the Super Bowl week isn't getting started off the right way. The, because there wasn't a, there wasn't an actual Pro Bowl. There was just a flag football game and a bunch of skill competitions before. Did you watch
2: any of it, by the way?
3: I watched stuff on Twitter. Okay. I watched Trevor Lawrence throw a pick. It seemed like there were a lot of uh, spectacular defensive turnovers. Partly because I saw Trevor Lawrence throw a pick in his own... End zone, you know, out of the coming out of their own end zone, where there was a blitz, and whoever his running back was decided not to block at all. Okay. And I don't know if it's because, like, you know, in flag football you're supposed to do that, no hands blocking. But um, so Trevor Lawrence threw a pick, and uh, there was an interception because Micah Parsons had like an un- unfettered rush at him.
2: Okay. Fair enough. There was okay.
3: It's you know what's actually kind of cool. What's Without the threat of any physical violence, for the most part, Jalen Ramsey got a knife shove on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you saw some. Like unguarded athleticism, where guys almost like basketball players, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> exposing all their vital organs as they were you know, leaping in the air. It was kind of cool. That's cool. And without you know, without any pads or anything, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah,
2: yeah. I didn't. Get, I was on the air. I didn't get to see any of it. Um. So um, you didn't.
3: You didn't miss all that much. That's what started, I heard. Yeah. I heard Judging it. by my uh, just the the clips I watched.
2: Okay. So the we know uh, most years there's these storylines in the Super Bowl that we're gonna get clubbed over the head with all week long. Where by yeah. like Thursday or Friday we're like, yeah. I got it. Jerome Bettis is from Detroit. Yeah, I got it. The Harbaugh's are brothers, and this is the first time brothers have ever faced each other. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, by so like, the way,
3: credit, credit the researchers who figured that one out. Right. Because that ESPN stats and info, just, it's amazing what <laughs> right. they're able to accomplish. A, Wait a second. They have the same
2: deep. name. I found this genealogy book. You're never going to yeah. believe what I just found out. Um, so uh, these are the ones. I, because we'll be sick of these storylines by the end of the week, I would like to get the first swing in. On these, okay. maybe not sick of them, but we'll be like, okay, we got it. We um, and this may be something we're feeling more acutely locally here. Um, the both quarterbacks are from the state of Texas. That oh, these are okay. two Texas quarterbacks, we're we're going to hear that one a lot this week. That so, Jalen Hurts. I
3: feel like that's happened enough times that it's not as big a deal anymore. I don't know that Just, there's uh, been one
2: where both have been from the state of Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this is the first one. If there's one where they have because I looked, maybe I was wrong. I, I mean, I kind of did the. I know you, you, you kind of poke fun at me when I say research, but I did do the research <laughs> on this one where I, yeah. ran, I my, ran my, ran my finger down all the Super yeah. Bowls.
3: <laughs> I only poke fun at you because that's what the flat earthers say when they say they did the research, which is like I, I watched expensively produced videos yeah. on YouTube that are designed to identify me. Yeah.
2: Um, the, uh, the two Kelsey brothers, brace yourself for that. Uh, oh, I wasn't aware of that either. The, yeah, oh, the, the, okay. I don't know if you knew that. Travis Kelsey yeah. is on the Chiefs, and Jason Kelsey is on the Eagles. They're related to each other. Yeah. Like okay. the Harbaughs.
3: <laughs> I honestly, for, I think there was a period in time where I didn't know. Um, and by the way, this is the first Super Bowl where the two starting quarterbacks are from Texas. So it is the first one. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's the first Super Bowl where the two starting quarterbacks have, have Texas roots. Okay. I don't know why my San com had to phrase it that way, but, um, the, yeah, I, I think, uh, uh what were we talking Kelsey, about? Kelsey, Kelsey. Kelsey. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't actually know that those two were brothers because they were so different. I thought it was just a conven uh, like
2: cousins or something like that.
3: Yeah. Like Jason Kelsey seems like the coolest guy in the world to hang out with. Whereas Travis Kelsey feels like, uh, I'll pass. I'm warming up just, on uh, Travis
2: Kelsey. Maybe it's because of. Maybe it's because uh, clearly he's a fan of The Rock. Based on last yeah. th- his his promo that he cut on the Cincinnati mayor last week, he just he
3: tries really hard. <laughs> he tries really really hard. Not like in a JJ Watt type of way either. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying really hard all the time. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bit much for me, I suppose.
2: Um, yeah, this is the first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks. We'll hear a lot about that this week. I'm sure. Is this the first one this with the first, two black? I believe I, it is. Really? Okay. I I'm believe- not being
3: sarcastic. I thought
2: um, for some reason. Well, that Tom Brady's been in like fifteen of them. He's not so- black, Sean. No, I'm okay. saying that prevents I, well, it from being two black to- quarterbacks. Yeah. No, that's I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like that's by the Def- that's right. a- Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, by Def- and Ben Roethlisberger keep this whole century from being that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Roethlisberger's not black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of uh, so Tom Brady being. Involved in like every other quarter, every other Super Bowl, reduce the chances of there being two. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: what I'm saying. Um,
3: So um, I do what, you know what I want to say though, Sean? Yeah. Honestly, I think that it's a sign of progress in our country that so far, and maybe I'm just not paying close enough attention, I haven't seen any of the national pundits refer to either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young as running quarterbacks. I I feel like that's actually pretty good progress. I'll take
2: it a step further, and most of them say that Will Levis would be a better fit in a Lamar Jackson-type system.
3: Yeah, I think everybody's kind of like settled in and they're like, oh, okay, let's actually, uh, base this on. Right. <laughs> base like, this on watching. On these what our eyeballs are conveying yeah. to our brains. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, although, too, and that's, uh, we're, people are still trying to have gotcha moments and everything because at some point somebody's going to talk about either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young's athleticism. Yeah. Which, you know, like the average athleticism of quarterbacks today compared to, you know, when Joe Namath was clunking around with, with, uh, with, and Joe was, Namath was athletic before he busted his knee all the hell. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, uh, there'll, there'll still be room for somebody to try to create something out of that. For the most part, though, I think everybody uh, tries to see things how they
2: are. Did you see that um, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are working out together this oh. draft season?
3: There's a lack of hatred for each other. They need to act like they hate each other. Does Come that, on, does play that, up a little bit. Does that
2: impact what you want the Texans to do with the second overall pick in the draft?
3: <laughs> no, because I know Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson worked out together okay. before the draft. They went to the same QB Academy or whatever. Okay. And uh, that, that worked out all right for Pat Mahomes, at least.
2: <laughs> and Deshaun for a while.
3: <laughs> it's going to be an interesting year for Deshaun. It is. It is. I think It's going to be an interesting year for Kevin Stefanski.
2: Uh, hot seat for sure. I think Deshaun's gonna have a good year this year. Unfortunately, it's uh, as you've said yeah. that that system takes a year to get under your belt, and he was coming off of two years of not playing football. I think people people who th- the I think the demise of Deshaun Watson will have been greatly exaggerated.
3: I'd have a hard time saying because there's one thing. There's a couple things about Deshaun. One is he is actually like his football IQ is very high. Yeah. Um. Like he's like a lot of. A lot of football players have the fake hustle where Deshaun actually really does just kind of sit down and nerd out over all that stuff. Yep. And uh, and the second is that he actually does, you know, physically prepare and put time in and everything. So he's not... I I just can't... I have a hard time... Whether you love Deshaun or despise him, I have a hard time seeing him just fall off a cliff like like it looked like he might. Yeah.
2: My my one reservation back to the Super Bowl about taking the Eagles, my one reservation about taking the Eagles, because I feel pretty good about them in this game, is... They've not been tested yet in the playoffs this year. They they've had two I mean, they they beat the Giants by thirty one and then they beat Josh Johnson in the San Francisco forty ers whereas the, the Chiefs have been t- in two they've been in two bloodbaths. I feel like if yeah. it's a, if it's a close game in the second half, the Chiefs might that might be more their natural habitat. You know, I what guess I mean? this
3: might be one where you go back and say, Hey, maybe that Cowboys game, that Cowboys lost towards the end of the season where Gardner hmm. Minshew started maybe that was a a good learning experience the bad like to to figure out okay have that feeling afterwards where you you lost a very close game to the Cowboys and you know without blaming Gardner Minshew for the issues your defense you know the defense didn't play as well as they typically do maybe that gave them the the shot in the arm they needed uh, but yeah i think that's that's fair enough i yeah. suppose it's it's pat mahomes' And I, I think even less so than the adversity, it's Pat Mahomes is now starting to have that advantage that Tom Brady used to have, which is just lots and lots of playoff experience. Yeah,
2: yeah, and huge moments for yeah. sure, for sure. All right, so we'll we'll get you ready for the Super Bowl throughout the week, but thought it'd be a good idea. Early storylines; those will be the storylines that by Thursday you'd be like, "Hey, national media, we got it, we got it." Um, D'Amico Ryan's he crushed his press conference last week. That's not going to win him any games during the regular season. But it made us feel good about D'Amico Ryans. I will say this. There were two what I think have turned out to be pretty good hires that completely failed in their press conferences. Do we put too much value in the introductory press conference? Proof that maybe we do.
1: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
2: Alright, so we thought D'Amico Ryans did an amazing job at his press conference. I, we can pull proof. Ben, we've got that whole cadre of Ryans audio here. I can pick any of them off the top here and they're going to sound amazing. Give me Ryans 13, Ben. Just give me Ryans 13 if you can find it. I know you got to take a second here, but just to, for for context' sake... This is how great D'Amico Ryan sounded at his press conference last week.
4: Because yeah. I've become a head coach and I've been around a lot of different coaches, I, I always take what i learned from each place I've been. Right, when I first started here with Coach Gary Kubiak, right, he taught, taught us how what a first-class organization looked like. Right, he taught us, Gary Kubiak taught us, you treat players as men first. Right, I learned that from Gary. Moving on to Philadelphia, being around Andy Reid, I learned from Andy Reid how to be a great teacher. Right? Andy was an awesome teacher, but he's also a protector of his players. So you'll never see me throwing a player under the bus. It'll always be about protecting our players first. And with Coach Chip Kelly, what I learned from him, he was a master motivator, but he was also a very an innovator. And Chip Kelly, he didn't waste, he was always on the cutting edge, right? Always looking for ways to get better with sports science, technology. And I I take things that I learned from all these men, and that's how I feel like you build an organization, right? You build a first-class organization, right? You protect your players, be a great teacher, motivate them, and do everything to be adaptable, to change, and make sure we have the best things for our players when it comes to sports science and technology.
3: Yeah. So uh, the Chip Kelly stuff is, I think, uh, the part that probably – I I got most excited about it just because I felt like that was a, a stark departure from David Culley and Lovey Smith. No doubt, that was uh, the reminder that okay, yeah, D'Amico is very much uh, <laughs> a young modern NFL football coach, and one of the reasons probably that he's very old school in a lot of ways, but he's also probably somebody that Nick Casario feel he and Nick Casario feel very similar about. So yeah, that press conference was like the. Um, The Guns N' Roses appetite for destruction album. Like you can just you can you can spin up any anyone in there and it's gonna be all right. Play any song, yeah. Yeah. Versus (laughs) Some of these others, is like uh, the the Chinese Democracy album from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> right, right, uh, the, right. The, 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 it, was, uh, it was Axl Rose and some other dudes. Yes. And it was just a complete mess. Yeah,
2: yeah. If yeah. you're, you're a U2 fan, it's like Joshua Tree versus Zuropa. You know, that kind of
3: thing. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> Right? <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. I don't know. And I think a lot
2: of people were saying that. They went like what? techno, right? Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people were saying, what the hell was that when Dan Campbell said this at his introductory press conference two
5: years ago. Here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And this city's been been down and it found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right, And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you, and when you knock us down, He so wanted
2: to have a third kneecap in there. You could tell.
3: I thought, God, in my memory, I thought he had gone after a third kneecap. No, just a, so hunk he he yeah. he said, a hunk out of you. He's had a hunk out of you. He probably caught himself before he said, we're going to take your manhood. Right, right.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> then we're going to take your third leg, if you know what I mean. That was,
3: uh, <laughs> you know, the the problem with Dan Campbell's, press conference was that there were parts of it that were actually really, really good yeah. where you could see the Dan Campbell that I think he settled into, but kind of like the Astros press conference, you're only going to, the stuff that's going to hit nationally is the the worst of it. So likewise, with Dan Campbell, the kneecap part was a big one. It was a
2: big one and everybody's laughing at Dan Campbell and like, oh, this isn't going to work. And even after, maybe after year one, they thought that, although I thought even though they were picking second in the draft, the Lions... They fought hard back in twenty twenty one. And now they're nine and eight this year. They finished on a nice long win streak at the end of the year, and I think they're gonna be they're gonna be one of the dark horse teams for everybody coming into this year.
0: Yeah,
3: this year I'm still uh, I'm putting them on Bill O'Brien at Penn State level where okay, let's 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 calm down a little bit. Let's okay. not crown somebody before just because they had a nice showing above and beyond expectations yeah. doesn't mean that they were a genuinely good football team. Right. You know the it's, uh, it's it's something else. to Actually, get to that quality team level. No, no, fair
2: enough. I think my point with this is I think Dan Campbell has outkicked his press conference. Yeah, at yeah. least oh, the perception. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. perception. Especially
3: given where where Detroit has been as a yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. Um, now this is a big one. And again, the the goal of this the goal of this exercise is to remind people not at, the press conference doesn't mean everything. I think I think D'Amico Ryan is going to be really really good for a whole lot of reasons other than he crushed the press conference last week. But we should remind people. There's a Super Bowl this weekend, and this was the introductory press conference for one of the two head coaches still left standing in the 2022 season. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here, and I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going we're gonna to have systems in place that are easier to learn all right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn because when we can put that – because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over, but we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place. All right, so um, you know what's funny? <laughs> he was just so excited. He was – yeah, you know what's funny about that? And obviously Nick Sirianni's done a yeah. great job. Um His listening to that, especially the last 30 seconds of that, about the systems and making things appear complex, but they'll be simple to us, that was the message that Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans were conveying much more eloquently right. at their press. When, right. when they were saying it, like, we're going to make the simple appear complex, yes. and everybody's just lapping it up, and they're like, this sounds like a plan to win a Super Bowl right
3: that's here. That's right. Uh, delivered with eloquence, it makes a big difference. It makes
2: a huge difference, yeah. Sirianni
3: is just so damn excited, yeah. is the problem. Yep. And yep. I think that, uh, that boy, that concept, by the way, we used to have a special teams coach, Frank Ant Sr., who was a Naval Academy guy. So he used to come in and talk about. Special forces stuff and special Navy SEAL stuff all the time, and it was cool. And fight. He was an actual pilot, so you're talking about fighter jet stuff. And it was cool because instead of instead of some blowhard football coach who's trying to pretend he's General Patton, this was an actual military yeah. guy, a naval yeah. guy, telling you. But that whole simple made complex thing that's with with like SEAL teams and a lot of other special forces or special ops units. That's one of the big things is like, how do you take six shooters and make it seem to the enemy like it's 18 shooters? Yeah. So that, like, they feel like they're surrounded when actually it's just guys taking a shooting around, moving, shooting again. Like, and, and that's, it's like you, you make the enemy or the opponent feel like they're defending way more than they actually are. And that's something that you know Gary Kubiak's schemes have been very, very good at through the years. So that that um, that that part, and you know, not to mention Chip Kelly and Andy Reid and other guys that D'Amico has played for. I think that's the kind of stuff that Nick Casario would talk to D'Amico about and get super excited.
2: Dude, I feel. Who was that coach you just said that was an actual Navy SEAL? Frank. No, 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 no. He was a
3: pilot. Pilot. I'm sorry. He went to Naval Academy. Got you. Got you. But Frank Gantz, senior. Okay.
2: I feel like I'm. I feel like on the power rankings of cool grandfathers, yeah. one that was in the military and actually fought would be pretty high up the list in terms <laughs> of like sitting down and telling you stories.
3: Well, he was a really, really good uh, speech giver. He was yeah. he was be- so much better than Nick Sirianni and. He was one of those guys where he was almost like a college professor. Where some, you know, some of those super popular college professors, like people that aren't even taking the class, will go yeah. to listen to lectures. Yes. He was like that. Where you didn't mind being in the special teams meeting because he was so good. Because he also was big into boxing. So when he would teach how to tackle and hit and everything, he would use heavyweight boxing fights as tutorials, and he would tell the story of the fight. And yeah. Everything. It was really cool.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, D'Amico Ryan's said that. Speaking of coaches. He said the coach that inspired him the most. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of Texan fans probably don't know who this guy is, but he was one of the defensive coaches at Alabama when D'Amico was there. His name's Joe Kines. Here was Domico Ryan saying he inspired me
4: from coaching. Right? It's you know, it's always been important to me. It, it really for coaching. kind of I got inspired from coaching back in college. My college coach, Joe Coach uh, Joe Kines. He really inspired me. One day he put me on the spot in front of the room, and he asked me to make some calls and thought I knew what everybody else around me was supposed to do, and I didn't know. And at that moment, I was like, wow, I need to make sure I know what everybody around me, what their job is, and how I fit into this puzzle. So if he's trusting me to call on me, he believes that there's something in me and maybe I could be in the coach's shoes and from that inspiration from Joe Kynes it led me to truly knowing what every position around me knowing what they had to do all their assignments and techniques so if a guy needed help I could help him out and that's where that inspiration from coaching started
2: inspiration through embarrassment yes yes
4: that's right hey
3: that's uh it's one thing hey positive reinforcement is awesome mm-hmm. but sometimes we forget that um fear and humiliation are the most powerful. Motivators. Huge. It's not. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's by the far truth. the most powerful. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, you know, I, for mental health and everything else. And for an organization to be stable, you got to try to balance things out, but yeah, a little dose of humiliation at the appropriate time with the appropriate person yep. and then handled afterwards correctly is uh, is a pretty powerful motivator. I think a lot
2: of people can relate to that story, right? If you've been in any sort of classroom environment, you get called on by the teacher and you don't know, it feels like you're sitting there naked in the room yeah. I, I want to set the scene for what it might have been like for D'Amico Ryans in that particular meeting room with Joe Kines. A lot of people probably, probably aren't familiar with Joe Kines, but when Mike Shula was fired as the Alabama coach back in 2006, Joe Kines was the interim head coach in the bowl game that year. And here was Joe Kines walking off the field at halftime of that bowl game getting interviewed by the sideline reporter. Coach Kines it's been a while since you were the head coach. What do you tell your team at half?
5: We just got to stop that little inside trap. You know, the option didn't hurt us much. We played pretty hard. We just got to stop that inside back. Offensively, we kind of sputtered around. Got the ball in the end zone. With your defensively, we got to get out and ball off the field on that two-minute drive. With
2: key injuries to your offensive line, what do you do in the second half? Oh, We're
5: just going to play. We just got to keep playing. <laughs>
2: Thank you, coach. All right. So if you're wondering what it was like, if you're wondering what it was like, D'Amico, get up here on the board. You got to know where everybody is. Tell me where they the 10 guys should be. Sorry, Coach, I don't know. You don't know? That's unbelievable. Okay, how are they going to run any sound trap all day long? It says, you don't know where all 10 other guys are going to be. How are you going to coach in the NFL someday?
3: I'd like to see some kind of modern family type scenario where Ed Orgeron and Joe Kimes are, yes. uh, are, are domestic partners raising Pat Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> the odd triplets. The odd trio. Which it is.
2: Joe, oh, I think Patrick was drinking. He was drinking last night. I found beers in the back of his car. Well, we got to get him in here. Patrick, get in here. There's a bunch of empty beer cans in the back of the car. Yeah, Patrick, what are you doing? I got thirsty. There was no other. There, I, I walked into the convenience store. They were out of Red Bull. I had to buy a 24-pack. Coors Light.
3: So it's some kind of like two-and-a-half men slash yeah. modern family. Yeah. Uh, yeah when are you going to bring
2: a girl home? And is she bringing her sister? Come on, Ed. <laughs> yes, my two dads, Patrick Mahomes yeah. with Joe Kines and and Ed on. God,
3: where's he from? He's got to be from the same. I don't yeah, know. He's still he's alive. Louisiana, I checked right? that. That was back in 2006.
2: Really? Yeah, back in 2006. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to make sure we're going to poke fun at him that he, you know, that he's still here to defend himself. That's what uh,
3: sure he's it's. That boy. By the way, though, being called up like that. I I remember talking to Wade Phillips about, oh, it was a game. At some point, the safety had screwed up. And uh, so it was probably Swearinger. And (laughs) it was – you know, I was talking about the play where it broke down where technically it would have been the linebacker's fault. Right. Um, You know, we were doing this off camera, but it was in the middle of a Texan season. And he said, well, yeah, but ultimately it's up to the safety. The safety's got to get everybody right. So, like, if that – it it really – I mean when you you want to have guys when you talk about safeties and middle linebackers being like the quarterbacks of your defense or the smart ones they've ideally yeah those guys are going to get the defense right even if somebody's got a mental error somebody's making a mistake so the safety sees that the linebacker's lined up on the wrong guy and you don't have time to get him there then you got to go pick up the slack somehow so like it's a, it's a higher standard mm-hmm. you're holding them to and I think from an early probably Joe Kynes realized that D'Amico – was capable of being that guy, so sure. he tested him really early on on that.
2: And obviously, it had an impact. You know, we're twenty, 15 years later, and D'Amico still cites that as a big moment for him. Um, D'Amico Ryan's made the rounds this weekend, and um, one of the stops he made was at uh, Janice McNair's house, and stopped in and visited Janice McNair. I th- this looks like this was the first time that the two have seen each other in person since D'Amico took the job. Here is here's the video's up on the Texans. Twitter feed, that's where I saw it. It's up on Instagram as well. So you can go to the and social media accounts and go find this. If you want to see the video, here's what it sounded like.
4: I'm so glad to a, see you. Yes, ma'am. We're so, so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. It's, well, it's an welcome honor. home. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's such an honor. Such an honor to be here and uh, to be back. I'm trying try not to cry. Oh.
5: oh, that's okay. Oh,
4: The biggest fan D'Amico
5: has for a long mm. time. Thank you, so <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so We're much. next to his mother. Thank you so much. We're so happy to have you here. Yes, man.
4: That means a lot. It's
5: a dream to us.
4: Yes, man. It's a dream to we me. We're going to
5: have great times.
4: We are. We are.
5: Lots of celebrations.
4: Looking forward to it.
2: Welcome back to H-Town. That You got it, H-Town. You got it. <laughs> Janice firing off the H-Town there. I like that. That was good. Yeah, they
3: got that all. They, they, yeah, they, Texans, uh, they figured a few things out. They the did. Last, yep, they're, they're, the they're on year, point. So. It's a cool
2: video. I would recommend you go find it. The Texans have put up a ton of great content this weekend surrounding yeah. D'Amico's return here.
3: And, and I mean, that's a hard part, too, is uh, uh, about <laughs> – I was watching um, Gems and Juice, Ryan Rocket and Figgy Figs podcast yesterday, Yeah, and they were talking a little bit about just the the perception nationally of the Texans versus locally, and, and I think as it – you know, in relation to the, the McNair family, and again, especially now that Cal's been in charge for a few years now um, and not his father, I think that there's it's – been, it's been hard to kind of sometimes paint an accurate picture of exactly how players, uh, you know, might feel about the McNairs. Um, or, and it's just, it's just so easy for people outside the city to kind of just, uh, you know, make themselves look good by – by Lobbing accusations at the McNair family in general yeah um, and it's I guess with everything it's always way more complicated in reality and and that's that's what it is with the Texans I think it's a, like there's 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 always been complexities there as there would be in any any ownership player situation um, but it's not nearly how some people nationally want to paint it
2: I agree uh, Ocho text uh, checking in on the trailer wheel and frame text page says good morning the worst good morning guys the worst week of sports talk radio is upon us radio row week or as i like to call it ass sports talk radio week that's from ocho we're not on radio row this week
3: yeah it also, right here in studio. I, uh, I disagree with that too because i think what happens sometimes is there's some people that just there's some hosts that when they're on radio row will just accept interviews from anybody and everybody and then you have some damn stupid people you don't want to hear from Like being interviewed by people who aren't prepared to interview those people either. So it's like somebody I didn't want to hear from, and it's being interviewed by somebody. I think a lot. I think there are a lot of people that do it right and actually just take the good interviews and everything. I wish our company still sent us there. Nationally, Odyssey just doesn't send people to the Super Bowl anymore. I don't know why, because we used to make a lot of money on the week. Um, Not not for us personally. We make money for the company. We would sleep like tripled up in hotel rooms. Yeah. As our boss would tell us, Well, you know, we got it. and then meanwhile we go talk to the sales dudes and they'd be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We 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 would clean up during the Super Bowl. D- it's awesome. They're doing a nice n-
2: we we come back in they're lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like all these
3: different companies would love to just be like, Oh yeah, we're sponsored in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right,
2: yeah. that's right. Yeah. So no we're we're not there. We're we're not on Radio Row this week. This will be just a Standard, uh, standard high effort week of Payne and Pendergast radio here on the show. We
3: are getting some interviews with uh, we've carefully we've carefully selected a few that are available to us because it's the the guests will be on Radio Row,
2: but yeah, that's about it. Be phoners, okay. yep, exactly. All right, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. Uh, it is uh, big Monday. Got is, a big it, phoner. Yeah. Yeah. is it? Uh, yeah. Is it still Reaction Monday, or is it? We, we're still reacting to stuff. Fine. All right. Well, Ben, you're shaking your head. If I want to react, I'm going to react. Damn it. All right? Who so f-
3: sponsored Reaction Monday? Not sure.
2: So it's a Reaction yeah. Monday but with a lowercase r. It's not a proper noun anymore. It's just two guys right reacting to stuff is what it is. Um, notions that can be put to bed. Um, the uh, I think there's, there's – to me there's five things that need to be put to bed that appear to be completely false that people had the notion of heading into the D'Amico Ryans hire. We will get to that in the 7 o'clock hour. Stay there.